Our speaker today is Anurag Banerjee, co-founder and CEO of Quilt AI, a Singapore-headquartered AI company that's 50% for profit and 50% not for profit. Recently rated as one of the top 12 generative AI companies in the world, The Economist called Quilt AI an AI for good company for their work on mental health, child protection and gender equity. It's interesting to share that Anurag calls himself a failed poet and he's a former DJ too. Someone once mistook him for Satya Nadella at an airport. Anurag thinks founders really do not matter and here's why. Founders lie. Well, maybe not lie, but they do bend the truth a lot. They bend the truth about a few things. They bend the truth about traction. Oh my God, we're on the edge of the freaking hockey stick, right? They bend the truth about revenue. So many clients just can't keep up. So many clients just can't keep up. They bend the truth about their technology. My juicer has 54 blades. But mostly, they bend the truth about the drama of the hustle. Gary Vaynerchuk slept on an airport and filmed it, airport floor and filmed it once, right? And that is fundamentally what I'm here to disprove. So all of these bend truths get amplified in the media. They get amplified in the media and then the founder gets this heroic status and he or she or they charge through walls, break down obstacles and bend the time-space continuum like an Avenger. Becomes the stuff of legend. Heck, they even have events like this to celebrate people like me, who are very, very spectacularly average. There's a, lot, there's a lot of myth about founders and misconceptions about how hard it is to start a business, how tough it is to jump off the cliff. There have been people before me and after me, you know, symbolized in TechCrunch, in thousands of articles about the hardships faced. All kind of may be true, being, but being a founder or an entrepreneur or a businessman is not that rare it is actually shockingly common. 46% of the entire US GDP is generated by small business. And these small businesses pop up all over the country. And and they they employ two people, they employ six people, they employ a dozen people. But these small businesses are the lifeblood of the economy. And after the pandemic, 90% of net new jobs in the entire world have been created by these small businesses. 26 and a half years ago, I walked into one of these small businesses in Bowling Green, Ohio. A second-hand car dealership, a poor graduate student looking to buy a car. And as I walk into the dealership, there's this gentleman, middle-aged and bald, and he says, I'm the owner, but let me take you to the people who really do the work. And they'll tell you about the cars, they'll tell you about the treads, they'll tell you when to change the oil. So I walk in, I had this chat, I'd never bought a car in my life, and that was the lesson I had. So now that I am middle-aged and bald, um, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to tell you about the team that builds everything we do at Quilt AI. (laughs) Melissa Wong, always with food. Um, Mel is not here today, but Mel, for a long time, for four years of our five-year history, has done pretty much every different kind of job in the company. She's led delivery, she's led consulting, We even made her manage an outsourced technology team out of Sri Lanka and India for a while. And before we destroyed her totally, we threw her into running R&D from GPT, GPT GPT-2, GPT-3, GPT-4. 
And if Sam Altman is listening somewhere, that GPT-4 Turbo thing doesn't really work very well right now. So please, like, make the playground and the API work work well. She also likes food. And she's fed, I think, all of us at some point in time, many points in time. The next person I'd like to talk about is my colleague, Michelle. Michelle is spectacularly good at failing. She fails at everything we give her, every freaking thing. We give her client management, she fails. We give her business development, she fails. Customer success, total failure. Content, absolute garbage. Events, meh. But she puts up her hand every single time. She's pretty near perfect. She plays the guitar, as you can see. We disagree on who the best guitarist is in the world, and so she's not totally perfect, but that's, that's her story. And she's been this for about four and a half years. This is Chris, she's in the audience somewhere. Um, she came to us as an executive assistant, slowly, ambitiously, carefully, um, insidiously took over finance and accounting and legal and audit and HR and CorpSec, multi-country taxation, all kinds of stuff. Always with a smile. This particular smile, I think she's a little happier because her son had just finished the PSLE, but results come out next week, so we'll see how long that smile, how long that smile lasts. This is Yash, also in the audience somewhere. Um, Yash runs all our engineering. He uh, has been with us only a couple of years. Came to us from a big company, something boring called Dell, I think. And then we've thrown him into scaling a small company up to a bigger company size. And he's done that, he's done that very well. We, things work, things flow. He says we have no tech debt, which is all bullshit. We have a lot of tech debt, as is everybody else in the audience. But he will, he will be calm and unflappable all the time. And something tells me when he quits working with us, he's gonna be, uh, be running a bar, running a daily night quiz. So that's, that, that's the core sort of four interesting people that I wanted to highlight. We have 100 people, it's impossible to bring them all up here, but a quick flash of who these people are. So every morning I, I wake up and I go like, man, I have a great team. This is really cool. And then, I speak to my co-founder. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Angad Chaudhary is somebody who I would normally never meet in the course of my boring life. Uh, we are dissimilar in pretty much every dimension, from how he scrolls Instagram in the middle of a board meeting, to tweeting while in a client meeting, to what, how he works out, to his workout skimpy shorts, to the food choices he has, to the political views he holds, to pretty much everything, right? And yet, here we are, five and a half years later, hating each other only 14% of the time. So we're trying, we're, trying to, we're trying to build, hopefully, an interesting company. And in that interesting company, we're trying to build and learn in different ways. There were some kind things the press has said about us, so we'll take those kind things uh, in our stride. But you know, we focus on a few things. We focus on free cash, uh, which is a great thing for most VCs, except the one weird person we spoke to yesterday. Um, we do not focus on a specific product, which is a bad thing if you're a VC. But we go wide, we go broad, we work in sub-Saharan Africa, and we work with some amazing brands in New York City. We're trying to figure out how to run a three-location company, Boston, Singapore, Pondicherry. What does digital first even mean? And in the middle of all that, Sam Altman keeps dropping things. It's just like a little mad. Like every day there's a tsunami of AI coming at us, and then we wake up and like, oh shit, it's back at us again, like twice, three times, four times. And through that process, you're trying to 
build an epic team, right? You're gonna hire great people. You're trying to keep great people like the ones that you just saw. And in that process, you realize how hard it is to actually build a team. Teams are really important, right? Any, any good athlete knows that exceptionally well. But we've, we've made this aura of the founder a little annoying. Steve Jobs, great guy, but he would wake up and say something like this, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't know him and I wasn't there, but he'd say, make me a tin phone. Let there be rounded edges. And so like 100 people would scurry off, Johnny I would tell them something, and they'd come back like, oh, not thin enough, not round enough, right? And I'm exaggerating to make a point there. But the point is that the iPhone 4, 5, 1, 0 doesn't happen without this extraordinarily awesome team behind it. Elon Musk, that rocket landing back in the ocean is not one man, it's a team. Sam Altman, smart guy, clearly didn't do all the open eye work all by himself, right? So teams matter, and they matter even in individual sport. So they matter in individual sport, for example, when a tennis player loses a match or wins a match, they complement the player, they complement their team, they complement the entourage, the physio, the nutritionist, the guy who stretches you, the guy who's there for moral support, like everybody is part of making somebody win, right? And so these teams get short-changed in that process. Even someone as mad and wild as Tom Cruise needs a team. He jumped off that cliff, what, six times to perfect that shot for the last Mission Impossible? Six times he jumps to his death and doesn't die, right? and looks absolutely spectacular despite being 61, which is annoying on a whole different level. But he survives and it's spectacular because of hundreds of people in that team. So if, if and when the story of Quilt is written, I hope it'll tell the truth that there was a group of really nice people who were kind to each other, who built an interesting company, whether we endure, whether we multi-generational or you know, anything else, it was built by a bunch of really cool people and Angad, and I had very little to do with it. So in closing, I'm gonna adapt an Irish saying. May the best day at Quilt AI be the worst day in your business. Um, from Quilt, we wish you, all founders here and online, so much good luck, persevere, and look after your teams. Thank you. <laughs>